interested in. I'm in this is Anita Switlow. I'm in Ottawa at the 50th reunion. And I heard about this lady named Vina Gokal uh, who served in Tanzania. And finally I get to meet you. And I know you've done some work with us with QSO VSO, but Vina, before you left to serve in Tanzania in 205 and 207, what were you doing in Canada? I was working for an organization called South Asia Partnership Canada. It was an international development organization uh, based in Ottawa, and we worked with our partners in South Asia okay. on uh, various issues. And so from there, you decided you would uh, apply to go. And had you been to Tanzania before? No, I'd never been to Tanzania, but I decided I wanted to try to be on ground, as it were, in a so-called uh, developing country, so that was my reason. I like the way you say so-called developing country. Yeah, I'm very politicized about this kind of Me issue. too, <laughs> me too, because there's so much when you go, when you, good night, when we go to Tanzania and we see the people there living the way they do, I actually think that they have so much to teach us. How do you think about that? I totally agree and I feel that if they did some sort of audit of, you know, environmental wealth or natural wealth of various countries in the world, then Tanzania would probably be one of the richest countries because it has such a wealth of flora, fauna, mountains, you know, all that, while in so-called developed countries, sometimes we've just, you know, built pavements all over the place and, you know, killed off the animals, so to speak. so-called <laughs> development. Oh, your heart's right where mine is. So, uh, you were there. What were you doing there? I was working for a very interesting organization called Haki Ilimo, which in Kiswahili means education rights. And they were doing public engagement uh, with the idea that they wanted their citizens to understand that their education system wasn't working, it wasn't very good, and that they wanted their citizens to ask the government to reform it, to change it. So it was a very interesting approach rather than, you know, just delivering something. They were really trying to empower and educate the citizens. Uh, which is an approach to development I really like as well. And uh, I was working there in, I was actually pr helping to produce a lot of uh, publications uh, because I have a background in journalism and I've done communications with non-profits. So we were producing and distributing a lot of publications. We were doing a website. Uh, we had a resource center with amazing collection of books for reference by, you know, non-profits and people in uh, Dar es Salaam. So it was a very interesting job. So in my recent trip to Tanzania, I learnt something and maybe you can help me with this. So up to a certain grade, they study in Swahili, in mm -hmm. Kiswahili, and then they change to English. This is a very difficult transition for people to make. Did, did you hear about that? Yes, from primary to secondary, I believe, the whole idea is that secondary school will start in English. And you know, this is a huge, it was a hugely contentious issue. We also had a policy paper about language policy with comparisons to South Africa, etc. Because on the one hand, given the quality of education and the capacity that currently Tanzania at that point had, it made more sense maybe to have a Swahili education, key Swahili education all through mm -hmm. and have give them a very strong grounding in science and uh, social sciences, natural sciences, commerce, the whole works. On the other hand, there was this strong push and it was internal as well as external that the students should have English because this is the language of globalization, this is what you know gives you opportunities in the world. So the parents as well were very divided. In fact, most of them very much wanted their uh, children to learn in English. Uh, but then was there a capacity to uh, teach them, you know, all very well in English? Probably not. And plus, of course, cultural issues come in as well. Then who is this person who's educated in 
English and does he or she lose the connection with you know their native language and their native culture and things like that. So these were all very contentious issues and you probably know much more about it because you're from there. No, but, uh, but it's really not interesting to, to know that in two years you, you, you uh, spent time with people and heard these things in this more collaborative model of, of hearing from citizens. I really think that's fantastic and it's supposed to be the way we work in the field a lot more. Um, where were you living in Dar es Salaam? I was living in Dar es Salaam, yes. Okay, big city. Big city. Lots of people. Yes, very diverse, very interesting. Uh, it was by the sea, I love the sea, which was great. On the other hand, unfortunately, I were kind of, uh, my health suffered a bit because anyway, when I live by the sea, I have <clears throat> respiratory issues. I lived in Bombay, I had the same oh. issues. So I had a bit of that, but it was manageable. More asthma kind of. Yeah, or damp, asthma. you know, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Even Vancouver had the same problem. That's, that's why I live inland now, you know. It's oh, Montreal. I see. <laughs> so, um, now, here's the other thing. I mean, I'm, my ancestors are from India, yours are too. So, um, when you go to Tanzania and you work with the, the community there, do they, what do they think of Indians and, and knowledge? Because and, you were there as a Canadian, so they must have been a little bit confused, eh? Yes. Uh, that's very interesting question that you ask. Uh, when I was at the interview uh, for the job, I was also to actually I was told that you know um, the communities are not in conflict. That is the Indian community, the Black African community, or any of the other communities mm -hmm. there, except that they are not necessarily that uh, much in dialogue, or uh, they don't necessarily live. Um, they're not so integrated. Mm -hmm. in together in that sense. So they said to me that when you're there, what if you know, you're know you seen as a local Indian and you sort of face, hence you're stereotyped and you know you face a kind of bias. And I said, oh no, no, I'm going to be able to convince them that you know my values are different, I'm an Indo-Canadian, besides which I don't belong to a kind of business background at all and I've always had this very equity and non-profit you know, kind of background. So, uh, so I said that and then this is what I tried to do when I was there. However, I have to say that it was difficult. On the one hand, I was taken for who I was and as coming from Canada and things like that. But I did find that people did tend to keep thinking of me as Indian, uh, which wasn't necessarily the best uh, situation for positive. me. And the other thing is I didn't actually connect with the local Indians. Of course, they were not all business people. There were others too. But the ones who were in business, I didn't connect with them because, again, I have very little in common with them, whether in Canada or India or anywhere, because I don't come from a business background. Yes. I don't have those values. So, yes, it was uh, tough and challenging. But in a way, dealing with that situation on a day-to-day -day basis, it really helped me grow. And I, I, when I got out of there, I found it really has made me much more mature and uh, be able to understand all those points of view and deal with them much better. So you've uh, finished working with, uh, you were in the field with us and what are you doing now Veena? I'm doing a communications consultancy for mostly organizations in Ottawa as it turns out though I'm working from Montreal. Uh, my partner is there and uh, he found some very good work there and I'm involved also with the arts community a little bit in Montreal and very interesting for me anyway is that I'm focusing more on writing fiction. It's something I used to do, ah. never made the time for it. So I'm marketing right now a collection of short stories but I'm also planning to write a novel and I just got an Arts Council grant to write a novel uh, which is going to be interestingly set in Africa and it's about international development, the conflict 
uh, contradictions as well as the potential. So that's kind of the backdrop, and of course, there's characters of all, you know, persuasion, and so that's what I'm hoping to do. Oh, well, that's wonderful. I look forward to hearing it. Bina, you have done other work for us, and I want to thank you on behalf of QSOVSO for your service in Tanzania and for your service here in Canada. And uh, it's amazing people like you that go out there and collaborate and help make a difference in the world. Thank you. Thanks so much. It's really been my pleasure. It's been very interesting. I've really grown uh, through QSOVSO. So thank you. Thank you.